We're back at J. Tom Lawler Rink. Happy New Year, everyone. Monday afternoon hockey. Merrimack and Minnesota Duluth with Minnesota Duluth leading after two periods by the score of 4 to nothing. This is Mike Mackning alongside John Lee, and tonight's second intermission is brought to you, as always, by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Stepping in to join us now, Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, the Eagle Tribune, and also NeutralZone.net. Your son Tyler's down here in a uh, uh, shootout competition here. Uh, that one shot over the net, but you, you say that he's ready to go if he puts one in. Yeah, he, he told me he had a celly in the chamber, was his exact words, but uh, he, he's got to hit the net, I think, first. <laughs> <laughs> well, your thoughts for the two periods here? I mean, I'd say now that we're into five or six periods, five out of six periods on the weekend that, uh, you know, this is what was expected. Minnesota Duluth coming as advertised and uh, you know, very efficiently, you know, first winning the game last night uh, and then uh, tonight's game really taking control in this second period. They really, I think, have been in control of the game uh, from start to finish, but those two goals in 37 seconds apart really blew it open. Yeah, and, and you know, they've got they've got that, I mean, there's no reason, there's no mistaking why they won two national titles in a row. They've got that mix of skill, but they also play like a hard physical team. I mean, you look, especially some of their Ds, like, oh my god. Uh, they, they can they can beat you up as well as, as score some goals, and, and offensively is where they've been kind of challenged this year, with the exception of the power play. Even strength, they haven't scored a lot of goals, but they figured out a way to do something here this weekend, and now that they have it, I mean, they might be they might be one of the best teams in the country when it comes to being able to defend the lead. And I'm not saying that they're going to sit back and and, uh, and just trap you to death. I mean, we saw what they did. They saw we saw what they did last night. They just had the puck the whole time. Yeah. You know, at some point, uh, myself and Matt Wellens with the Duluth News, News Tribune are down the other end of the press box here. We're writing in the third period, uh, getting our stories out. We both looked at each other and said, "I don't. When's the last time the puck's been down this end of the, <laughs> down this end of the ice?" Uh, because they just they possess the puck so well, especially when they get a lead. That's not really how they defend. So it's when you get behind on a team like a, a team like them, I think it's really, really hard to come back just because they're so good at just keeping the puck on their stick. This is a team that to me is, you know, they've been there before. They have the experience. They know how to win games, how to win close games. You know, 9-0, and they're going to be 10-0 and now when leading after two periods. They're going to be 80, uh, 80 wins, one loss, three ties after leading after two over the last four and a half years or so. Hunter Shepard's going to eventually set the record for most consecutive starts. He's going to win again tonight. Maybe the only uh, only thing left to be decided is uh, if he ends up with his 18th shutout of his career. But, uh, I mean, start to finish, I, I think especially adding Sweeney back into the mix when, when they got him before the break, when he came back for that Omaha series uh, and they scored 10 goals in two nights, they're going to get They've got eight so far here through two nights here. Uh, that was one of the big questions was, were they be able to, to get goals at even strength? Because the power play has been so good. And obviously adding him back into the mix has helped an awful lot. That second line has been just terrific this weekend. If they can keep it going and you get two lines now that you can expect to get goals from, uh, that's going to make them pretty dangerous. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I think you look at the experience. You're one of those guys, one of those teams that have been able to have four-year players. I mean, a lot of teams in their positions that are winning national championships, they're not getting four year players. Nick Wolf's a four year player. Uh Perunovic is a is yeah, there's up and down the list. Shepard, yeah, Shepard. I mean, how many of those teams that have had success over multiple years like this have been able to sustain such a core over four years? Not many. Usually sophomore, junior year. See you later. Especially a lot of those top guys, but they've been able to get guys to stick around. And uh, you, you just said it. You talk about that experience. That's where you build that. And 
there, there's not many teams in the country that have the number of four-year players that they have that have won the number of games that they've won, uh, especially big ones. You know, you look at this schedule, and a lot of people uh, around Merrimack were excited because of the teams and the, the, the schools that were coming in, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State, uh, Minnesota Duluth for two. You know, you had Denver and CC last year. Uh, your thoughts on the fact that this really coincides? You, you go back to the, maybe the, the mid-2010s uh, or so, a little before that, when you, Notre Dame was still in Hockey East, and, and they were coming in, and Brett Cini scored that goal. Remember where he walked around three guys from center ice and scored a beautiful highlight reel goal, uh, you know, uh, they went to Denver, won a game out there, and so on. You know, now that they're in a rebuilding mode, it almost seems like it's almost too bad that it coincides with having these great teams come in and these great schools. Are they going to be able to continue this in the future? You know, and be able to get teams of this caliber uh, coming back when, say, two or three years down the road when, uh, you know, if Scott Bork's able to get the team to, to the point that he wants it to be at. I, I think so just because I feel like college hockey's changed a little bit in, in terms of teams being more willing to travel. You're always going to have some difficult ones. Like a lot of the Big Ten schools don't want to travel and, and aren't. You know, the, the fact that they got Penn State here is a minor miracle because they play 99% of their home, uh, non-conference games at home. Uh, in, in Wisconsin, honestly, is, is another one that's been like that for a while. Uh, they're, they're better with it now, but for a long time, you, you would look. Them and Ohio State would barely leave their own buildings non-conference play. So, but I think the landscape has changed a little bit. Teams seem to be more, more willing to travel, especially the NCHC teams, uh, WCHA teams. I mean, I think you're going to find, at least I've found, like over the last couple of years, you look around the country, not just here, more and more of those teams are traveling to places that you kind of go, oh, wow, you know, you wouldn't expect them to go there. Uh, Minnesota was at Clarkson and St. Lawrence a couple of years ago. I mean, just for whatever reason. And I know North Dakota went to Canisius last year. Exactly, yeah. It didn't work out for them, no. but that they went. <laughs> they did. Uh, and I know, you know, they've tried, the ice hockey committee has tried to make some changes uh, with how the pairwise weighted so that it, it encourages teams to go on the road. I, I didn't think it was going to have a, a very big effect. However, looking back, whether or not that's been the reason why more teams have traveled, we don't know. But since they've made that change, we've seen more teams go on the road. Uh, when for a long time, especially the, the, the teams that are the schools that have a lot of money, the Big Ten schools especially, they'd be much more willing to just, hey, here's 50 grand, come in and play us, and we don't need to go back. Uh, now I think you're seeing teams more and more uh, wanting to, to get those road games in a little bit. And also, a team like Merrimack, I mean, even some of the smaller schools now, when you're drawing big enough crowds of the ticket prices you're getting, you don't necessarily want to get a, a, a pay game. You can look at it and go, you, know, you might have 2,000 people here at, at, at $20,000, at $20 a ticket. It's forty grand a game. You know, you haven't even sold any concessions yet. So 50000 for a weekend when you can make forty grand a game, uh, you know, you'd rather have those home games. And, and statistically, teams at home win more. So uh, I, I think you've seen more teams kind of, uh, with the exception of, of some of the Atlantic schools, you've seen more teams, I think, kind of say, no, like we're not, we're not going to take a road game unless you come back. Uh, and I, I think ultimately that's that's better. That's good. Well, let me ask you, as the second half gets underway here for Merrimack, they lose Tyler Irvine last night. Uh, he, it sounds like he'll be out at first. They thought he'd be perhaps a lot longer than the way it sounds tonight in our pregame. Scott Borick sounded like they're hoping now they may get him back in a couple of weeks. Might, you know, again, we don't know yet. Hopefully only miss the two games against UMass Lowell and UConn and maybe be back after that. But, uh, you know, this is a situation where, and I think you could see it tonight, that it really hurts now having that inexperience at center. And and the three guys that they had lost, uh, number one, two, and three centers all out now. Two of them out for the year and, and Irvine out for at least a couple of weeks. Um, Joey Cassetti uh, leaves. He's going to transfer as well. You know, I mean, I'm not sure that he, that he would have factored in in that 
conversation as far as the centers go, but it still would have been another forward. Um, where, 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 some center. He yeah. was playing some centers. So I think he, yeah. he would have been a guy that you would have, you would have probably had playing up the middle had he still been there. Right. Not, not your top line center though, but I mean, you're right. He would have yeah. been there. Yeah. I, I think you know just by default, him and him and and uh, Welsher may have may have been the top Maybe. just by Maybe. default because you're running out of guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know he, he would have been in the mix. And there, I don't know what you do. I mean, yeah. would they move Tyler Hyde up tonight? At some point, they're going to have to get creative because you're just you're running out of bodies. Right. So uh, they have some options with who they can play in the middle and who they uh, have to keep at the wing. But I mean, there's really they kind of get to the point with the forwards anyway, where you got 12 healthy bodies. All right, you're in because there's not many not many guys on the sideline that aren't that aren't hurt. We've seen some teams bring in players. Uh, ben Onquist joined by Minnesota Duluth at the break. BU's got two guys coming in as well. You know, so there's always that option. But do you think that that could still happen? Is what you're saying? I, yeah, I think they have up until classes begin for the second semester for that to to happen. Once classes start, uh, if a player were to enroll after classes begin, he's not eligible until the following semester. So I think you have up until classes begin uh, to get someone here. If it, if you wanted to, there's no guarantee they're going to. But I think they have I mean, classes at Merrimack. I don't know for sure. Back you know, I was a student a long time ago, but back when I was a student, it was probably like the 15th or 20th of January. So I think they got a couple of weeks if they wanted to, to add somebody. They probably still have some time to do so. Uh, no guarantee that it's going to happen. I know from talking to some people, it sounds like if they do, it's probably not going to be someone on their list right now. Uh, it would probably be someone that they would recruit uh, that, that's uncommitted that they would bring in with the purpose of coming in now. Uh, anybody, they've got some choices. They've got some younger guys committed. They've got some guys that have graduated high school that I think that you could bring in. Um, but I don't know that you want to necessarily burn a half year on some of those guys. Like a Jacob Lee, some of the great year in the Alberta League, you could bring him in. He's a 19-year-old, I think, so you could bring him in. But do you want to lose half a year on him? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, and then there's other guys like an Alex Jeffries, who we've talked about plenty this year, uh, hasn't even graduated yeah. high school yet. So that's, he's not an option. You can't bring him in. Uh, but, yeah, there's they, they have the opportunity to up until classes begin to bring someone in if they want to. All right, thanks, Mike. As always, uh, get your Chinese food order in yet for tomorrow? I don't know. No, we haven't ordered anything yet. I don't know what the plans are. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. All right, well, best of luck, certainly. Pizza. Oh. <laughs> All right, Mike, thanks again as always. Happy New Year. Uh, we'll probably talk to you again Saturday against UMass Lowell. Sounds good, thanks. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score is Minnesota Duluth 4, Merrimack nothing. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.